Last week, I was sharing with you uh, a, a sermon or a message about the God that is there and God is not silent. Uh, this week, I want to share with you something different. Uh, I have a series this month that I have entitled The Presence of God, and God promises to be with his people. Who are, who are God's people? Okay, we, but uh, how about if you own it? I am part of God's people. So let's say, I am part of God's people. Uh, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> but yes, we are God's people. God has called us unto God's self. God has actually claimed on us. God has a covenant with us and for us. But today I want to read a scripture that is found in Deuteronomy. The first time I read that big word in Spanish, it was Deuteronomy. So if you find that book, you're in good shape. Find the book of Deuteronomy. That's in your English, it's Deuteronomy. But it really says Deuteronomy. You want to say Deuteronomy? Okay. When I see the word comfortable, that's what I see. Comfortable, not comfortable. But that's the way we speak. <laughs> yeah, for us, for, with different languages, you know, it's like, what? But it's Deuteronomy towards the end of the, of the book. Uh, look for chapter 31. We will read verses 7 and 8, which are two very short verses, but very powerful. And we will dig into these verses a little bit today. Uh, Deuteronomy, the story is basically simple. Here is one of the moments where, where Moses is actually uh, kind of fading away from the story of, of the deliverance of the people of Israel out of Egypt. And he's literally passing the mantle onto Joshua. Joshua is now getting the burden, I mean the responsibility to lead the people into the land, the promised land. Uh, Joshua has been there with Moses during the 40 years of estrangement throughout the land. Joshua has been there when Moses hit the rock and got water. Joshua was there when he prayed, when he saw Moses pray and, 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 and food flew from the sky. Guess what? And it was good. Though the same diet for a while got used, people got used to it, and they wanted meat, so they got birds, and they ate them. But Joshua saw all of that. Joshua was aware of the power of God, not only from the moment that he's just been called to follow and lead now the people, follow God and lead the people of Israel into the promised land, but Joshua has been there from the beginning. He saw the people liberated from, from Egypt. He saw the opening of the seas and the people walk in dry land. He saw all of that. And now towards the end of Moses' life, this is what Moses does. Then Moses called Joshua. And as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them and their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. This is the word of the Lord. I want to say, this is the word of the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning about the God that is ahead of you. 
the God that is ahead of you. This is not a God that is far away from you. This is not a God that has lost. He is ahead of you. He goes in front of you. Isn't that what we read? Actually, what we read was that he will be with you personally ahead of you. As I was looking in different translations, some people avoided the concept of personally. But in the Hebrew, if my brother Niagara helps me because he's the expert in that language, I deal with the Greek, buddy. But you deal with the Hebrew. It is the intimacy of God's dwelling with the people himself. God self dwelling with the people. It has the root of the Shekinah, the Shekinah glory, that presence of the glory of God with people in God's, in people's lives. This is not a God that is left from you or right from you. He's not red or he's not blue. He's actually purple. This is not a God that is far away or he's indifferent in another dimension. This is not a God that is lost, but he is ahead of you. He's in front of you. The question that I have to ask you this morning, are you following him? This is not a God that is hiding or playing hide and seek because he doesn't play games. He is not late. He is not tardy. He has not forgotten you. He is ahead of you. Are you following this God? This God is, does not need a compass, does not need a map, and least of all a GPS like I do. He is a God that is ahead of you. And my question again to you this morning, are you following him? This God guided the people of Israel while he was ahead. We read in Exodus, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. He was a God that was ahead of his people. God does not get surprises. He does not get surprised by the news. This God does not get scared with bad news, Candace. This God does not get scared with bad news, whether they come from the doctor, whether they come from the television, whether they come from the newspaper, if you still read that, or do the Internet. Does not fret, does not get anxious at bad surprises, for he is the God that is ahead of you. We just read last week that this God says to, and, and, and David writes, You see me when I travel and when I am at rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord, because you go ahead of me. You go before me, Psalm 137. So this God is not afraid. This God is not discouraged. He is telling you, I am the God that goes ahead of you. Where is God? He does not get afraid. Actually, our text says, for example, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail nor abandon you. This God promises to be with you. Actually, he begins to promise by saying, do not be afraid. That statement appears in the Bible actually 365 times. Interestingly enough that our calendar is divided in 365 days. Do not be afraid. What things make us fear? Well, we have fear of life, fear of death, fear of losing control, fear of sickness, fear of strangers and foreigners, fear of poverty, fear of disease, fear of whatever. You know how we cover up, mask those fears? We mask those fears in classical psychology. They used to talk about the three F's of fear. The three F's of fear. We used to talk about that fear creates people to be 
in flight to run away. How many of you do that when you're afraid? You run away. Oh, I, I can't run away far, so I just hide under my sheets. And we call it a depression. We're afraid of dealing with what we got. Another typical reaction or human tendency to fear is to freeze. To not do anything. And we do the same old and same old because we're, we're in a frozen mode. I don't know what to do. I am so afraid that I am frozen. And we mask it in many, many different ways. And thirdly, we fight. Boy, people who are always contentious, who are litigious, who are just always fighting and bitter, I wonder what are they afraid of? Are they afraid of being loved or being accepted because they may have never experienced something like that in their lives? But 360 times the Lord says, trust in the Lord, do not fear. Do not fear for he is your God. Do not fear for he is your redeemer. Do not fear for he is your deliverance. Do not fear for he is your supply. Do not fear for he is your friend. Do not fear because he goes personally ahead of you. Not only is the writer of this beautiful text saying that the God, the God who's ahead of us will lead us personally. He will be with you and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. But he says, don't be discouraged. That's the number one disease that I find in churches, discouragement. You know how I see discouragement? I see discouragement as when the wind has been sucked away from your sails. As we are going in that, in that sailing experience and the wind is just hitting right behind us and it just has those sails filled up and they are heavy to hold and they're just moving your ship right ahead, right in schedule. And suddenly we hit that plateau, that place that there is no more wind, that place that there is no more motivation, that place that there is no more excitement, that place that we just become dull and discouraged. And we think that's the end of the world. Well, it is not the end of the world because when the people of Israel got discouraged, the Lord went before them. The Lord cleared the path so that they could walk through. Did he not open the ocean so they would walk in dry land as they were fearful and discouraged? Did he not provide water in the desert when they were scared? And what did they want to do? They wanted to go back to the known to the secure, to the familiar. That was my Chicago. Meta message. They wanted to go back. And the Lord said, do not be discouraged, for I will be with you. For I, and then he tells Moses, Moses, go ahead and, 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 and put your staff in the water. So what does that have to do with discouragement, Lord? Put your staff in the water. I haven't read that in any psychology book. Any Christian counseling book, oh, you mean put your staff in the water. Are you listening? He is the God that is ahead of us. Are we following him? And Moses goes ahead and put the staff in the water, and what happens? The people saw the waters opened up, and they walked, what Scripture says, in dry land. I love the way that the, uh, Disney kind of put this into cartoon because in the movie what's the call the the yeah that one he opens the waters are open but as the people of Israel are walking through it's like they're going through an aquarium 
and they could see the wall of water and the fish going by. <laughs> maybe, maybe they saw something like that. They were also very assured of their discouragement because as they are in the wilderness, there they are in the darkness, in the middle of the wilderness, in the darkness, and the Lord provided a pillar of light so that they would have light. Not only light, what else that light provided? What else did that pillar of fire provide for them in the desert? Warmth. So you see, why do we get discouraged? Psalm 42 says, why are you downcast, my soul? Why are you depressed, my soul? Why are you so down, my soul? Wait upon the Lord, my soul, for I yet have to praise him. And it is in the praise of God. It is in the worshiping of God. It is in the joy of the Lord that we find our strength. It is not in fretting. It is not in doing more research about our disease. It is no more, you know, in that stuff. It is in finding that Space where we find our discouragement meets God's hope, God's encouragement. Because we don't have the courage to face some of our issues in our life. We would have given up some time ago. I meet people in this congregation that they're not dealing with the first time they're, de they're experiencing cancer, but they're dealing it with two times or three times. Those are warriors. Those are people of faith. Those are people that have experienced God's presence in their life in such an intimate way because they know that God is ahead of them. They know that God is ahead of them. They know so much that God is ahead of them because they've even experienced Jesus. You see, it was Jesus who is our brother who went ahead of us in Calvary. And it was Jesus, our big brother, who went ahead and suffered for us instead of us. That is the God that is ahead of us. He's ahead of us even to that point of our suffering. And he took it on upon himself and suffered all the way to the cross. He is the God that is ahead of us. Not only did he suffer to death, but he also says he will never fail us and he will never abandon us. If he would have stayed in that grave, he would have failed us. He would have abandoned us. Right? But he decided and through the power of God rose him from the dead and now he is the God that is ahead of us because he is the first of many who are going to resurrect. He is the first one who has eternal life. He is the first one with a glorified body. He is the God that is ahead of us. And then in John 14 he says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for I am going to prepare mansions for you. So even when we fear perhaps our most darkest hour, even when we are confronting our deepest pain, our deepest fear and discouragement, that life is going away from us, he is still the God ahead of us. Waiting for us as we close our eyes in this earth, Paul says, as we close them here, we open them in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord and the God that is ahead of us is there waiting for us. What an amazing experience to know a God that is ahead of us. Now, the promise of presence and triumph that God gives us is the promises of God's purposes in our lives and God's assurance that God is with you and that God is with me. Who is God with? No, me. You know why, why I emphasize that you own it? Because we're so used to say, for God so loved the world. 
And in that word, world, we get lost. But really what that says is, for God so loved each one of you. That's what that says. So own it. Make it yours. If we say it's ours, eh. But when it says yours, it's mine. I belong to God. It's a different experience than when you say it's ours. You can hide when it's ours. You can play it high and seek when it's ours. But he is the God that is ahead of us. Are you following him? What is causing fear in your life today? What is causing loneliness, distress, and discouragement in your life this morning? What is pushing you to lose the wind that pushes your sail, the motivation to push on? I wish to invite you this morning, just for a few moments, I wish to invite you to leave behind your fears, to leave behind your discouragement. And look ahead of you. Because in front of you, you have the God that is ahead of you. For the Lord, the scripture says, as we started this morning, he personally walks ahead of you as a pillar of fire, as a pillar of smoke. As the good shepherd, John says, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. As the life and the resurrection, he is ahead of you. He is ahead of you as your redeemer. He is ahead of you as your forgiver. And he is ahead of you as your lover of your soul. He is ahead of you as the light of the world. Jesus says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in darkness. I am the light of the world. He goes ahead of you. He is the light of hope. And let me ask you this morning, are you following him? Amen. Let us pray. God, the words and the presentations may have been exciting or whatever, but that's nor here nor there. We ask for your word to remain to dwell, to make residence, to stay, to camp in my sister's and my brother's heart this morning. In such a way, O oh God, that they will realize that you are ahead of them, that they should not be getting ahead of you, that, that we are to follow you in every area, in every aspect, in, from finances to relationships to childbearing to child parenting, to medical decisions, to hospital decisions, to living decisions. You are ahead of us. May we learn to trust you. May we learn to rely on you. May we learn to rest in you, who is the God who is ahead of us. Teach us, O oh Lord, that you are ahead of us. Through Christ, we ask these things. Amen.